Welcome once again, Earthlings, to For Our Future. I am Selena Gentry, the lab technician here at the College of the Desert Media Center. And with me, of course, is my co-host, Prima Walker, and I'm a sustainability consultant from Palm Springs. So just to recap what we were talking about in our last episode, our basic theme was sustainability, the definition of that, and of course, how it applies to College of the Desert students. Mm -hmm. And most of all, we went in terms of financial sustainability because that is probably the most important in terms of uh, survival for mm -hmm. college students. So we talked about some things in Oprima. It says it's very important for you to mention the intro to scholarship class that students can take for scholarship. And I remember about difference between loans and grants. Grant is something you don't have to pay back, but loan mm -hmm. is something you have to pay back with interest. And there are many unsubsidized mm -hmm. yeah, variations. Selena, uh, what are the resources on the campus that you mentioned so are then useful? We also talked about all of the student support services that are available for students to take advantage of because they are here at no extra cost. You just apply for them. Some of them I think you don't even need to apply for. You just walk into these departments, EOPS, ACES, um, the Basic Needs Center, mm -hmm. New Horizons Book Lending, all of these wonderful student support services that you can look at on the College of the Desert website. If you click on student services and you scroll down, you'll see this list of all these different departments that exist to help you with your success here um, as a College of the Desert student. Okay, that's from our last episode. So what are we talking today about, Selena? So today, the title of this episode is Food Justice. And just starting with what we know are basic needs for all humans. We have food, water, water clothing, clothing, shelter, mm -hmm. sleep, of course, mm -hmm. cleanliness. And the last but the important thing is sanitation. Yes, definitely. So why are we talking about that we're talking about this because it's a problem and we know that, um, well, there is a story attached to this. With a simple Google search, we found that in the whole Coachella Valley, every year 40,000 acres of land is being cultivated for agriculture products, mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, the artichokes we are seeing, the cauliflower, the cabbage or the sod, whatever we are growing, 41,000 acres is being cultivated. And if you convert it into dollars, it's a $600 million industry per year. But still, we have people in the Coachella Valley that doesn't have food to eat every single day. Kids are going to bed without, you know, eating proper food or at least any kind of food. So we wanted to talk even more specifically, not just about how the Coachella Valley is addressing this, but also how is College of the Desert addressing this? Hmm. So our, our most recent census, as far as how many students we have here enrolled, it's around 8,000. We know that before the pandemic, it was a little over 13,000, and then the number went down. And uh, they are trying to get the enrollment number back up to at least 10,000. So that mm -hmm. being the goal, mm -hmm. we realized that the Basic Needs Center is handling food, clothing, shelter, Shelter. and transportation, transportation for all of these COD students who need help. But concerning food, 
you know, we're asking ourselves, how do we really know where the avocado or the tomato that the basic needs center is distributing really comes from? Hmm. And then what happens when there's no food one day to distribute at the basic needs center, like all these shortages we had during uh, the pandemic, you know, there is an old saying, how do you say, how do you say it uh, Um, in India? Like where you, where you come from? Something about like, a potato? Yeah. I mean, there are many versions of it. Mm-hmm. it. They say, give a man a potato eat, he'll eat for a day. Mm-hmm. But give, show a man how to grow a potato, he will eat for the rest of the life. Right. I think there are many versions of that throughout the world. We usually say, give a man a fish and ah. he'll eat it, uh, for a day. Teach him to fish. Okay. I like the as a vegan, I like the potato analogy, <laughs> but uh, but same basic principle. Yeah. So are we gonna just change? You know, give humans a f- potato, they will mm-hmm. eat for a day, or teach them how to grow a potato, they'll just eat for the rest of their lives, or both. They can have their their fish and, and their the potato. potato. <laughs> if you <laughs> right, the more we learn to grow, the more we can eat. Right, fish and so, potato chips. Um, right, right. So essentially. Uh, the food is coming from Fine Food Bank, and that's going to the Basic Needs Center. And again, what if the Fine Food Bank does not have the resources to be able to distribute food? Then what would be one of the easiest and most logical ways to handle this problem? Ooh, that's a very good one. I think mm-hmm. I can talk for that. So mm-hmm. the simplest way is like, start growing what you want to eat. Mm-hmm. But Selena... Would you like to be alone in the garden by yourself, like, you know, tending to it 30 right. minutes a day or mm-hmm. one hour a day? Right. And me with my pale skin out there, like bacon frying in the sun. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would need I would need a, a, to be like under a shady tent or a big giant hat and all tons of ice water, especially here in the summertime mm-hmm. and the 120 plus degree heat. Forget it. Of course, no one wants to be alone in the garden (laughs) working in the garden for one little tiny tomato when they can buy it for 99 cents right right Mm -hmm. the problem with that is imagine yes you are buying the tomatoes on an avocado for 99 cents but what if there is a supply chain you know mismanagement or shortages in the production we saw during pandemic Mm -hmm. and we are as humans we are what, what is the word I'm looking for? There, there is a crisis, and looking at that crisis, we panicked and we di- we did some kind of stuff that we are not supposed to do. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was a shock to everyone. So to solve this issue, all you can do is like gather together, be a community, have your friend or somebody, and grow food together. And mainly, what you want to eat, you don't have to grow for the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. You're just growing for what uh, your family need or you need if you are by yourself, you know, at a college dorm or something. So all you got to do is like plant a seed and see how it grows and eat what you can. And if you have access, just share it with others. I think that's a simple solution, but I know it's very hard to start and uh, do some gardening. What do you think about that idea, like growing your own food? Definitely, um, because there were shortages, because everyone was out sick. Some people were very sick and Mm -hmm. distribution shortages and all sorts of unplanned and unpleasant delays. And in the meantime, people were just simply doing without things that are considered 
an everyday basic need like toilet paper and meats were extremely expensive mm-hmm. and limited hand sanitizer even. Mm-hmm. And then when you went to a store to find these things, if they had any at all, you were very limited to take just one. You know, you couldn't stock up. You had to be very conservative. So when faced, especially with that type of situation and saying, you know what, maybe this is challenging, but we can do this. We can make this work, especially if we help each other. So maybe to try to put together a team and show some pride and some team spirit type of effort, especially now that people are out of the state of pandemic, can we, you know, start to maybe prepare a little stock house or maybe work together to be better prepared for when these shortages occur? Or can we do this in an effort to handle the struggle with our current ongoing shortages? Because like you said, people are still going hungry. Yeah, people are still going hungry. And, you know, I came to the U.S. eight years ago, right? And imagine me going on a Black Friday, not knowing it's a Black Friday to Walmart. Oh, my goodness. So, okay. <laughs> hey, so many deals. Okay, people get to take oh, what they want and goodness. it's so cheap. And More you like know, a lunatic riot. <laughs> the first place I went to is Produce because I want to stock up on some groceries. But guess what? On these holidays and during the Black Friday, you will see the price drop on the big TVs, mm-hmm. laptops and everything. Mm-hmm. But how many times you saw on a Black Friday or for a Thanksgiving evening, there is a 50% off on food. That never happens yes. in the grocery stores. That's true. That's that's very true. That's, all the electronics go on sale, but the price of my veganese went up by, you know, a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? Well, <laughs> it went up by a dollar, so it's it became expensive. Mm-hmm. So... Do you think growing food is expensive or what are the logistics? Can you give me an example, you know, when you felt like growing food is an expensive thing for you? I have a story to tell about that. So if we're on board, we're saying we're not going to go for fancy gardens or expensive potting soil or clippings or fruit trees that we know are producing fruit from expensive nurseries, right? Because mm-hmm. I know I, I recall I bought a navel orange tree one year from my mom for Mother's Day, and it was what I would say is expensive for a baby tree, about $90. Wow. So I split the cost with my brother and we gave her a present from both of us that year. And she also had to water it Mm -hmm. every single day Mm -hmm. in order to get it to produce a healthy orange because at first all the fruits were coming out looking shriveled Mm. and bumpy, Mm. Um, like there was something wrong with them. She thought maybe there was something wrong with them, but uh, you know, she kind of read and people were saying, no, you just have to give it more water. You have to give it more water. And here in the desert, we use Mm. a ton of water on these types of trees but again i know the goal of this show is to offer practical solutions Mm -hmm. so the practical solution to reduce your cost for gardening is rather than buying the expensive bags of soil potting soil mix to fill your garden beds or buckets you can make your own soil or soil amendment with what you're eating every single day and The technical and the simple term for it is nothing but composting. So I partnered with uh, Desert Compost, which is a volunteer-based organization here in the Coachella Valley. And we teach people 
how to do composting. And I don't know how many students knew this, but at the McCarthy Child Development Center, we have been composting since last October, just before like Thanksgiving around this time. Mm -hmm. And what happens is like the chef prepares meals for kids every single day and they collect the material in a container. And every Friday morning, we compost almost 700 to 800 pounds of material coming out wow. of the kitchen because chef is cooking almost for 170 people you know mm -hmm. 150 mm -hmm. kids and the teachers so till date we composted more than like 50,000 pounds of food material just coming out of the kitchen and guess what happens that food material mixed with some wood chips dried leaves and everything is turned back into soil and we will give it back to chef and he will use it to grow food again I saw it the other day you took me there and I saw it it's just it's it's beautiful and you're looking at it and thinking it just looks like a pile of wood chips and it doesn't smell bad. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look like a pile of food trash or garbage. It just looks like dirt mixed with wood chips. Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing is like people think it's dirt and dirt and dirt. So mm -hmm. the technical, you know, if you go into academic meaning, dirt is something that doesn't have any life in it. Mm -hmm. But a nutritious food growing soil will have a ton of microbial activity going on. So that's the basic difference between the dirt, you know, every day from your furniture or the soil in which you're growing food. And it's very simple to make, you know, if you are at home and you have a plastic container with you or a little bit of area, all you got to do is like mix your food scraps with some twigs, dried leaves from your fruit trees or neighbor's trees or ask your neighbors if you can use their leaves. Or Selena, if you say you don't have any trees or anything, paper and cardboard is also a source that you can use to compost. That's simple it is. If you don't have anything, your egg cartons, your Amazon cardboard boxes, you can rip them off or shred them if you have a shredder and mix it with your food scraps coming out of your kitchen and let it sit mix it with a little bit of water and let it sit and it turns into beautiful compost you can put it back into the soil and grow your own food this does not only provide healthy food at your home but it reduces the cost of buying fertilizers have you seen right. price of a mm -hmm. bag of fertilizer right right so I know you said, too, about um, putting paper shreds or the cardboard or newspaper that also helps with the smell of the decomposition as well. Yes. To add that in there, and it kind of it absorbs the, the smell. Yes. So what if I don't mix compost with my soil? So what happens is, like, if your soil is not nutrition enough, mm -hmm. you won't have a really good harvest. I mean, your plants might try to grow, but if you are mixing the compost that you made to your soil, Soil, you don't have to buy fancy fertilizers that are filled with harmful chemicals. Most of the commercial fertilizers are not organic. They are not the level that's supposed to be. You're like basically overdosing your plants using mm -hmm. commercial fertilizer. Mm -hmm. But if you're making your own composting, you don't have to spend that money on purchasing those fertilizers. Compost doesn't cost you anything because you're just basically recycling your food and your paper waste. Uh-huh. 
So that's it. What a way to save money. If you're someone who wants to do gardening and you think, oh, I need potting soil and I need this. What for? You're eating every day. Right. So So what if, uh, you know, you don't want to compost at your home or you don't have space? What are the options available for people? So you can also do the environment a favor by donating your compost or scraps Mm -hmm. to the composting site Mm -hmm. at College of the Desert. And they will turn it into compost for you and that's great because you know the situation is actually so bad now that california Mm -hmm. has had to pass a law Mm -hmm. state bill 1383 yes that is making us use the green bin for all of our food waste um, from now on in order to do exactly that turn it into compost so that green bin after our last meeting uh, last time i went into some areas Mm -hmm. where people don't receive green bins. So most people don't know what a green bin is. So whoever is your trash company, Mm -hmm. they will give you a brown container to put everything that goes into the landfill. So which there, it just sits there Mm -hmm. forever. And then they will give you a blue bin for to put recyclable stuff. Mine is gray, but yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But it says on the bin. Yeah, it's a recycle (laughs) bin. And then (laughs) they give a green bin for your Mm -hmm. ad trimmings or for Mm -hmm. your garden trimmings and everything but since the california passed this sb 1383 law we are supposed to store our food scraps somewhere and put that in that green container so that the you know waste hauling company will take it to a composting facility and turn it into compost with that the problem is you are giving away something and going to a big box store or a Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, or your local, you know, Ace Hardware, and buying fertilizer. Mm-hmm. So that's like you're losing money by giving away that food material, and at the same time, you are purchasing the fertilizer. Mm-hmm. That's not financially sustainable, which is what we talked about last right. week. trying to save money. So... The the reason why this law was necessary, of course, is because global warming, first of all, is real. It's not a hoax. And uh, composting is another method that is just helping us to address climate change because the methane that is being created by this food waste that's just rotting away in landfills it's contributing too much to the greenhouse effect, which causes mm-hmm. the planet to become warmer at a much more rapid rate. So mm. this practice of composting and recycling our food and paper waste is only going to continue to benefit future generations and help humans to sustain uh, to secure a more sustainable future. So with the paper as well, mm-hmm. we don't need to cut down as many trees. When we are recycling our paper waste. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many times you will open up your mail? This is another trick to be financially sustainable. I Mm -hmm. open each and every mail I'm getting. Mm -hmm. And if the backside (laughs) is completely white, I'll just put it in in the printer and use it for printing. You know, that, true. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to handle recycling that. And so when we are having a lack of trees, that's also a lack of oxygen that we need to help to support the atmosphere. And so, again, we need to be just recycling, recycling as much as we possibly can. Especially the food scraps that we are eating every single day, because imagine this. I'm eating three times a day. That's the culture I grew up in. Mm-hmm. I eat breakfast, lunch, snack 
snacks if I want to. Uh, dinner for sure. So I'm eating right. three to four meals a day. The and more energy you're out there burning, especially yeah. if you're gardening, it yeah. burns a lot of energy. You know, and it's the the statistics says every person generates at least ten to twelve pounds of food scraps every single week, mm-hmm. and just throwing that food scraps into the landfill is just causing more harm than good. But by composting them, we are stacking those functions. Like you are recycling, you are reducing the carbon footprint because that material is not traveling like 20 miles away from your home or 30 miles away from your home. And you are actually turning that into beautiful compost and you are Mm -hmm. using it to grow food. So if you're thinking about food scraps and what we can do, there are like four to five functions attached just saying, okay, I don't want to throw away my food scraps. I want to recycle them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you don't want to do it, College of the Desert, we compost every Friday morning where you can come and drop your food scraps. If you're interested, you can volunteer with us and we will teach you how to compost so you can learn from us and go home and try to practice it. If you think it's not your cup of tea, just donate the scraps and we will make beautiful compost for you. Right. And this project of using this wonderful compost uh, to grow our own food right here on the COD campus is only beginning. And in terms of your short-term goals, or I should say our short-term goals, because I'm on board with this now completely, (laughs) we would like to see a few designated areas on campus where food is being grown not only to provide fresh food to students, but also to help provide an additional resource to the Basic Needs Center. Yes. And so you were talking about visiting with the Social Justice Club the other day. Yes. So I emailed the Social uh, Justice Club advisor and I met the group. That group is like wonderful people Mm -hmm. who listen to me and they're on board with this idea. They asked me what are the short term and the long term goals. As you mentioned, short term goal is like start with one. They are going to talk to the college board and see if they can get a small patch of area. Mm -hmm. There is so much of area in the college campus that's just being grass, nothing Mm -hmm. else. How Mm -hmm. much of water, how much of manual labor, how much of fertilizers we are using every year to maintain that grass. And it's not providing anything to the students. That's Mm -hmm. money kind of wasted, in my opinion. But if we turn one little grass patch into a four by four or four by 10 garden bed area and start growing to prove the theory Mm -hmm. then we can ask for more. You know, the short-term goal with the Social Justice Club, you're on board right now, so you're part of it. Mm -hmm. So we will be trying (laughs) to get a plot of land from the college in one of these parking lots or wherever they want us to, and we will set up a garden bed. Mm -hmm. But the long-term goal is ideally is to see, you know, a curriculum in the college where every student that's enrolling has to take Grow Your Own Food course. Right. So um, this could be also another beneficial way for students who are required to do community service to get Mm -hmm. their hours needed for scholarships Mm -hmm. or special programs uh, if they chose to help out with gardening. But right now, the desertcompost.org has a team going in addition to any volunteers that enjoy gardening and watching things grow and the feeling of community spirit and helping others in a way that benefits everyone. But yes, right now, the college 
has conservation of natural resources and okay. the, the associated lab as a lab science choice for CSU and I get C, mm-hmm. which are the UC and Cal State grad transfer requirements. However, that class is not mandatory and it would be nice if it were mandatory so that we can have a broader range of college graduates that understand how important it is to care for the environment and uh, that climate change and pollution is going to affect every single one of us Mm. and that learning to provide for yourself and maintain a more sustainable future is one of the greatest and most valuable survival skills that a human being can learn as a citizen of earth So when we have everyone required to learn these skills, just like they're required to learn basic math, we have a community of people with a better understanding of what it takes to feed Feed everyone and therefore have less people going hungry. Mm -hmm. And they're able to share the knowledge and the resources that are easy to maintain, especially Hmm. when we each help to maintain them. But that's... um, you know, it's I, I don't know if that's just thinking that that's a lofty goal to say that we you know no, we think this should lof- be re- required just like math yeah and every other required subject but you know what in an ideal I I feel that yeah in an ideal learning environment this would be just so invaluable for everyone not because they're being forced to do it because but because they want, want to. to do it yeah you know once you get your hands in the garden soil there is scientific references how people are being more happy because of the chemical activity happens, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to release the happy hormones. But I watched a wonderful video from Japanese school system where growing food from the kindergarten or like pre-K or something, Mm -hmm. elementary school is mandatory for them as part of their curriculum so they can appreciate the food they are eating. They know where the food is coming from. They will take part in making that food, you know, cooking lunches and cleaning everything up afterwards. So it's a part of their lifestyle. It's not something they have to do it, something like a community service or what what not. It's part of their lifestyle, Mm -hmm. you know. Eating food is part of our life. So why Mm -hmm. not growing food for ourselves? Right. And I thought that was really beautiful to see the way that you have the garden set up there in the child development center with the little, um, I don't know if you call them like troughs or like little flower beds. Oh, those are called raised beds. You were describing to me all of the herbs and all of the vegetables that you just harvested and the families of all the kids that got to enjoy the bounty of everything that they grew. You know, Friday is the best day of the week because I go there. It's all manual labor. You know, it's Mm -hmm. uh, we will have like... In the worst case scenarios, we had only three people trying to compost like 500 pounds of material on a day when it's 110 degrees. Mm, my goodness. So still we <laughs> love it because mm-hmm. when they do that gardening party, planting party, you see these kids coming out with their family members mm-hmm. planting a seed. And, they, and, you know, it's automatically watered. We have a gardener over there who takes care of it. But when the food is growing, the kids come and pull out that carrot. Mm-hmm. They look at that beautiful artichoke. The bees are all over it. Mm-hmm. And kids are like, Mama, what is this? What is that? And they enjoy <laughs> it. They taste the fresh food. Mm-hmm. And we have these kids that comes with these tiny buckets. And they describe us... <gasps> I ate raspberries this week and one of them is gone bad and they measure like we put it on a scale you know we measure it with a luggage scale and they're like that's 5.08 
LB. So they don't say pounds, but they literally. <laughs> so we are kind of educating these cute. kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why Fridays are my best days of the week, not because I get to have weekend, but just mm-hmm. because to see, yes, we are making this change. We are educating a whole generation on the value of food and they get to participate in it every single week. And that is a very beautiful thing to know for our future. I would just like to thank you again for joining us for today's episode. We'll see you next time when the subject of our episode three will be plastics. plastics. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 